It's episode 33. Sarah is a motivator, entrepreneur, visionary, and business expert. She's pitched to Dragon's Den. She's able to turn a product idea into trading within three months. She has the ability to scale businesses up. Sarah's been there, got the t-shirt, and won awards along the way. Please enjoy the episode, and thanks for being a fab listener. Support me by subscribing and telling your friends. Welcome to the Johnny Ross Audio Experience. I'm Johnny Ross, founder and digital marketing strategist of Fleet Marketing. Each podcast, I'll be bringing you an expert to inspire you, to give you some great business growth takeaways, and to get you thinking about marketing and the bigger picture of how businesses can improve, adapt, and grow. I look forward to sharing this with you on each podcast. So here we go. Hello and welcome to another live Q&A. Today I've got Sarah Agar-Brennan with me. How are you, Sarah? I'm good, thank you, yes. So Sarah is founder uh, of the Maple Agency. Uh, You also work for uh, the University of Huddersfield and York, uh, helping businesses. The Maple Agency that you've just, well, you're in the middle of launching that very shortly, aren't you? Just just very quickly tell us uh, what you've set up there. Yeah, so basically it's just bringing amazing business people and services together to kind of facilitate growth for other other businesses. Um, I've got a great network around me. I started doing projects together. There was half a dozen people that were involved and I started to think, you know what, actually we need to put ourselves out there to be able to let people know that there's a tried and tested method here for growth. Um, And that's the Maple Agency. And your background has been very much in, in product uh, you've had uh, an, uh, a number of product t- businesses. You've you've even taken a product to Dragon's Den, haven't you? I have indeed, and that was a wonderful experience. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd I'd quite like to tap into that, but um, but also uh, in terms of the one of the things that you've learned along the way is all the barriers to setting up a business, but also to getting a product to market. And, and mm. I think having spoken to you a number of times, one of the key things that the Maple Agency can do, or certainly yourself, is help people that have got this idea and help them you know, get across these hurdles and break down these barriers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like anything, isn't it? I think knowledge is king. And I think that what happens is when you've got a burning desire to bring a product to market, um, you don't always know all the other stuff, the, the, the tried and tested methods, the things. Um, and it's great to come across someone like me and my team because we've kind of fallen over and we've got back up and we know that we know all the problems that have arisen and we can kind of go, hey, you can shortcut cut that by doing this or you can shortcut that by dealing with this company. Um, and inevitably, it means that we've refined the process ourselves over the years and so we can help them bring it to market much, much quicker. Um, so you're learning by my mistakes, basically. And I made a lot of mistakes. I've made a lot of mistakes. (laughs) Well, um, just to remind people that are watching or listening, we're live on uh, LinkedIn. We're live on YouTube. We're live in our Facebook group, the uh, Yorkshire Business Club. If you're listening, thanks for being a listener. Um, And uh, please do subscribe if you're looking for more content like this. So we're on uh, any of the podcast platforms you can imagine. Um, the well, there's we we've got lots we could talk about, um, but one there's been uh, a big thing in the news. Uh, of course, Sarah uh, Everard uh, has been murdered, and it's created a huge uh, public 
um, uh, conversation um, and uh, and debate. And we were just talking about that just before we, we went live. And, and and I think it would be quite I think it would be quite good just to to talk about that a bit because you know you are a woman woman in business, um, and um, uh, and I know you've had some. Uh, conversations even just this weekend with with family but just to just to keep it for a moment you know we talked about dragon's den there just for a second what was it what was that even like as a woman was that a, a difficult environment or was that the opposite and was that very welcoming as a, as a woman what was your experience in in that as a woman i think as a woman it was definitely very welcoming definitely there's, there's a lot of female producers it was just really a warm environment for a woman um i didn't feel at any stage that i was felt uncomfortable or anything I, I think they're definitely you know the equality that is there is brilliant um i can't say the same for other aspects of my career and other aspects of running a business but i think certainly think that experience as an isolated experience was was it's funny i don't want to say it was fantastic it was fantastic from that regard there were lots of things that if you ever listen to any other stuff i've ever talked about dragon's den there were lots of other sides to dragon's den that weren't such a great experience for me but um, but that particular aspect was definitely a good a positive but what i'm what i'm hearing there is it's probably the complete opposite of the reality of a typical workplace and a typical working environment is that is that fair to say i am very blessed right now in, in the um managers that i have they're amazing i think that go back 10 years and the, and the men that i was surrounded by in the job i was doing there i would probably say wasn't as positive and certainly in the early days of running a business, definitely wasn't positive. Um, but I think as I've got older, maybe I've been more selective. Maybe I've surrounded myself with more supportive men. But right now, as my life stands, I, I've got, you know, two amazing like, male line managers at the universities who are very pro-equality. Um, um, and I feel very blessed. And I've got lots of great business mentors around me who, again, are very pro-equality. Um, but it wasn't always like that. And I think what disturbed me this weekend was actually talking to my coming up 20-year-old daughter and her experience wasn't a lot different to when my experience at 19, 20 as well, which kind of made me kind of not freak out, but I did think, gosh, not a lot's changed. <laughs> this isn't good. Not a lot has changed. But what, what, one of the things you were saying is that actually the re the only reason she opened up was that you opened up and and, yeah. and that's a really important thing for us to to yeah. recognize uh, that people don't always talk about these things no we do need to have conversations i think everybody who's been touched by and any well anybody who hasn't been touched by the speaker needs to have a conversation within their family unit to find out how the females in the family the mums the grandmas the children are feeling what their experiences are because i think there is just so much we don't say whether we're in business or we're working for our or we're working for a company we need to have these conversations and we need to bring them to the forefront so that we can feel safer and we can support one another better um but that's probably a whole different podcast <laughs> <laughs> well, in business, I, I know that uh, nowadays, uh, my understanding is that you know you you don't there's no you don't get harassed you don't the, the, you don't feel out of place as as a woman necessarily, but and I think a lot of that comes down to experience and and uh, and where you've gone. But but just talk me through being a woman in business in in the earlier days and and what you see what you see and and hear from other women, I guess. Um, it, mm -hmm. 
how do they you know how how do you how can you possibly go from somewhere to then opening your own business that must be a really difficult thing as a woman is, is what i'm hearing yeah well it was you know i grew up in the 80s in teesside against the backdrop of the kind of industry mass unemployment so i guess i was on the back foot anyway and then when i went into business it kind of i'm going to put myself out there as it wasn't something women did especially what I chose to do. I think it, I don't even think men were really doing it much either. There wasn't that entrepreneurial spirit back then, but I definitely think it was a tough route for me to go along. Um, ironically, I, I kind of did feminism model modules when I was at, studying in my degree. So that was kind of quite an interesting perspective because then when I, when I went into the workplace, um, I was kind of shocked a bit by what I then was presented with. Um, and I think some of it's about naivety and I think how we can shortcut it now, um, because I'm going to, I'm going to put myself out there and say, I, I think that we've got a much more supportive environment for startup businesses, whether we're male or female, just now in general, there are a lot more incubators, a lot more programs, there are a lot more people out there advising and prepared to hold your hand, whether that's through the bank or through the LEP, there's lots of opportunities out there to get supported and shortcut those early stages so I think a lot of what I probably experienced was naivety maybe not being taken seriously enough because I was quite young I was 20 um, and I was a little bit wet behind the ears because I'd never run a business or had any experience um, so some of the things I think you can avoid now um, but I generally think it's it, it is just a more equal environment but then again I've been shocked by the stories I've read this weekend online and the stories that women have put on the videos that I've put out and so they're obviously industries that are still very rife with that inequality um, and we do for that reason we need to have these conversations yeah it's certainly I, i've seen the same it's certainly got conversations going and there is a you know as people talk more people talk and more people open up and and, and to hear some of the stories uh i guess i've been um surprised in a way that uh that 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 certain things are still going on in the workplace um and as you say maybe it's down to certain industries or you know is it across the board and i, I i'm really not sure uh i know that there's a, a a huge agenda to try and change things but are things changing enough and 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 quickly enough that's the that's the question really isn't it i think it is i think when you talk to like this, i don't I, you know probably i hope there's women listening today that i've had conversations with their daughter and men that have had conversations with their daughter of the weekend and I learnt my daughter you know very innocently had a bum tapped at work by a, a male colleague but then didn't report it because she didn't feel like she could report it without there being consequences and a fallout maybe we need to make have a reporting system without those consequences maybe we those are the infrastructures we need to set up that we can we do feel that we can step forward and say this has happened to me and it needs to stop so that we can make sure people know it's it's not an acceptable way to go about working, whether it's working for yourself or working for another person, it's not acceptable. Yeah, and I'm not sure if it's a, if it's something that happens in in smaller or larger organisations, or if there's pockets or or, or what really. But um, but there certainly needs to be uh, more awareness and and yeah. and yeah, feel that's that's that feels safe to be able to bring things up and and because you know we were talking about something earlier it, it, it's very easy f for a woman to believe they just won't be believed if they were to say something um and you know the 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 the, the decision will be made on whatever the man says and and that must make it even more difficult 
Um, but we, but you know, one of the things we were also talking about here is that we don't want to tarnish men either. Um, no. It's it's a it, it's a it, it's a pocket of men. I'm not sure how big that is, um, but um, but there's you know, and and it's it's not all men all over the place. There was this call for a 6 p.m. curfew for all men last week, um, which you know I think is 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 awful that we've sort of got to that that state. And and then there's talk about expecting men to cross the road when there's a woman uh walking at night and one of my passions i feel about there is actually i'm i'm quite scared about going out at night time um i um it, it whether that sounds strange or not uh it's really true um i uh I, i'd arranged to to take a call uh on a walk i quite like walking when speaking and it was arranged at half six and and the week before there'd been assault in an assault in our local park against a a, a guy at half six the week before and the, I, I i didn't want to go so it's 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 difficult because at the same time you know there's a pocket of us men that are scared as well yeah, so yeah. I, I don't know what you where, what you think to to all of that because i i am interested in in other people's thoughts and opinions and, and we've got to find a way a, something that is a balance really i think i think you're right i think it's all about safety this conversation this weekend reclaim the street is all about women feeling safe. The curfew was an example to let men know, rightly or wrongly, that after a certain time, women don't feel safe. But equally, we have to acknowledge that men have exactly the same anxiety around being out late because of knife crime, because of assaults, because of other things. So it, it's, a, it's a big societal problem around us feeling safe on the streets. Um, and, and I think that we just got to keep talking. There is no solution right now. There isn't a solution right now. You know, how, what did I say? I've got an 18-year-old son. And I was like, okay, we've got to be really careful now. We need a conversation about what you will do. And he's going, I don't know what I'll do, Mum, because I don't know whether I, I, when am I going to be in that situation. I drive. Okay, well, we need to talk about that. And it's it's freaked him out this weekend because now he's gone, okay, well, what, what I would have done is follow my instinct and make sure that woman felt safe. And now I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I don't want to freak her out. So how do I make it? So I think we've just got to keep talking and maybe on some level there needs to be something through the school system, maybe through the government that kind of sets a way of being almost so we know a set of principles that we can be guided by so that women do feel safe and men feel safe equally, yeah. um, whether that's more police presence. There's a bigger picture here, isn't there? There's a much bigger picture. And like we've only got half an hour or so and I'm no expert what? and I don't want to what what's what's good though and, and you've pointed this out earlier is that the um uh, talking about now startups and, and and opening a business um what what is good is that not only are there lots of incubate incubators but it's clearly a government policy and a country policy really to to promote small businesses i mean that's that's clear to see i think um and uh, and because of that there's loads of government money uh eu money government money not sure where it all comes from <laughs> but um especially with brexit who knows but there is a lot of grants around there's a lot of incubators around for small businesses um i guess you must be reasonably tapped into that uh, especially with your work at the unis the unis as well um but um what are the what are the typical barriers uh whether you're male or female when you've when you've got this idea and you're wanting to make it happen what are the the where, where do people get stuck and and how do you take it from that idea to actually, you know, trading? 
Yeah, you're right. There's never been a better time. I was asked this question um, last week in a talk I did, and it said, do you think this is one of the best times? And I actually said, I, I do. I do think it is. When I think about where I've come from, and then I've obviously been in the startup arena for over 25 years, so I've seen lots of things come and go in terms of support. I don't think I've ever seen the presence of support now, um, which is brilliant. And for me, just kind of like, you know, the concept of change it is slow in a society but it will happen if we if we keep going in the right direction i think the startup world is, is evidence of that that because we've identified that more and more people have a desire there was a, a piece of research published last year and it claimed that um 83 percent of 18 to 24 year olds have a burning desire to be self-employed and over 63 percent of the workforce actually want to be self-employed so the right to direct this support into that arena because the, the appetite's there isn't it people want it the barriers that i find are kind of very split they're very practical versus self so there's practical barriers of support financial it's huge like how do i raise the capital to get going but the startup loan company a brilliant you can get up to twenty-five thousand um to get a business off the ground so there's lots of wonderful opportunities now to 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 get that initial business off the ground um but then there's the other side of it isn't there there's the self there's your head the confidence the inner chatter that negative blabber that we go on you know what if i fail what if this what if that and that's so when i'm doing a lot of my sessions i kind of try to very much i've got all these toolkits that i can kind of roll out which are really practical great ways of of getting from a to b you know, business plans, business model canvas, cash flow predictions, you name it, we've got it. And then the, the opposite side is, okay, how do we get them through the self bit? How do we get them stopping listening to that negative blabber and turn it into a positive? And I'm a vision coach. So part of the work I do in my session is we set goals and we look at how we kind of like bring those goals to life. And we kind of reflect on trying to stay in that positive space. And if we can't be in the positive space, stay in a neutral space then try and not get into the negative space yeah. so there's lots of things i think that are barriers but um but i think as well you know one of the things it doesn't matter what age you are it's the concept of not being taken seriously i don't think there'll be a startup male or female in the land that wouldn't say at some point they've pitched their idea to somebody to a blank face or a negative reaction and even though what they ended up doing was brilliant the response initially was they just weren't taken seriously. So again, it's, it's understanding that somebody can have an opinion, but it's personal to them and not necessarily, you don't have to take that on board. And, and I think experience makes you realize that we don't have to engage with everybody's opinion about our idea. Um, we can be selective, um, but yeah. And uh, but those experiences are really important. I mean, you know, you you know as well as most, you've been through a huge number of experiences in your uh, business life, and um, uh, but it's about taking each of those experiences, negative or not, uh, and learning from them and adapting uh, and 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 using some resilience, I guess, to to then know well, okay, actually, this is why that failed you know these are the things that i need to implement differently uh so i think those I, th I think it's they're all learning experiences aren't they really oh yeah and if i think about how i ended up making it if that's what you want to call it or how how i turned tide when was when was that making it moment six months in 
So six months, it's funny because I talked about this last week, so anybody who's listening might go, oh, she talked about this last week. But <laughs> basically, I had I got to this six-month point, and I was told by my accountant, to this day, he'll never know how much he influenced that that kind of tough love. Basically, you've got, you, you're out of time, Sarah. You know, that whole, like, you've got to look in the mirror and go, actually, I've got to own this. And then I went away, and I did a series of things to kind of turn the tide. And I think by, I'd say by the first birthday, my first birthday, I'd turned that tide and I'd switched it and I started to realise I was onto something here and it could go places. Um, so between six months and a year, that's when I really knew. Um, and there were, and I keep saying it now that those early days, those first few years are when you build up such resilience. Those early stages of keeping on going, it's never going to be as hard as it is at the beginning. It certainly is challenging, but never as hard as those early, that beginning, getting that cash flow going getting people to buy into what you're doing yeah those are the difficulties and that really teaches you lessons to then harness your growth further down the line you're clearly more passionate on the product side but you also i uh, uh really confident that you work with service businesses as well that's right isn't it yeah yeah but you are passionate on the the product side on the on the product side it, it's one of the barriers one of the mistakes um too much time and money and focus on the prototyping or is that a really important part what how important is that part and because I, i've seen people invest so much money at that stage is what are your thoughts on on that time it's a balancing act isn't it it's a balancing act i know businesses that have focused on it and never ended up bringing it to market because then somebody saw it and then they copied them and as a result they never got theirs to market in time because those are the people turned it around i think it's a very i, I, I liken it to shark infested waters at times the product industry because you've got these mature sharks <laughs> that circle and then there's <laughs> big sharks in the middle like i used to be and you're just waiting to get the big shark like nip you to go shouldn't have done that so it's kind of like having your wits about you, I think. And I think only you know your industry. There's, I don't think there's any kind of recipe. At the end of the day, you've got to respond. Like, for example, my last business, I had to be super agile and I had to get my products out there really, really quickly because the copy threat was, was, was there from the word go. It was there the moment I launched. I could see that if I didn't get out there first, then I'd be over before I even started. So... Yeah, I think it just depends on what business you're in. But I'm always going to say the quick, the quicker the better to try and maybe firm up your prototype as quickly as possible. Um, and, and that comes with experience, I guess, when you talk to, when you work with people like me, you kind of, we help you shortcut some of the processes so you can do that quicker. Um, so you do feel more confident that you've covered every aspect, I guess, as well. In our sessions, we look at we look at every aspect. We make you think about: Have you got this covered? Have you got this covered? So that you don't end up getting maybe they're about to launch nine months down the line, and then you realise you've missed this critical factor. So we try to kind of make sure we thought of everything for you in the early stages. You you're looking to work with uh, startups, but also established businesses that are looking to grow uh, and to sort of take that next step. What what do they typically look like are they um is there a particular size that you fit well with is there a particular uh, industry or sector or, or or is it just quite mixed is there a particular ownership type you know is it is it a family business is it a small business is it um or, or is it just all quite mixed 
Yeah, it's all quite mixed, but I think that the, the, the one thing all of my clients have got in common is the commitment for growth. Okay. I think yeah. that is the key factor. I, I think I can work across multiple industries and sectors. The reality is, is it's down to the people within the business to want that growth. Because sometimes coming getting somebody like me equals change. Maybe you have to improve your processes to facilitate growth. I mean, it's a classic that I get people in saying, I want more sales. It's like, well, great, but let's look at what your processes are. Because if I go get your sales with you, how are you then going to process gonna... those orders? Yeah. You know, what's the supply chain look like? Um, it, you know, especially in the early stages of like one man band territory, they might be making their own products or it might be a bit of a cottage industry. Well, we'll have to get them into premises and we have to get equipment in. We have to improve those processes to facilitate the extra orders. So those are the sorts of things. But the most important thing for me is that they want to make it happen because you don't bring someone like me in who's very driven and very passionate and very kind of prescriptive about roots because it is it, there is a science behind growth. Um, if you don't want to kind of then take that advice on board and, and grow your business. Um. <laughs> Sorry, there was you. You were just making me think about something, and then it, and then it turned. Um, so, <laughs> so I've lost my train of thought on it. Uh, apologies. The the um, uh, so on the growth aspect. Um, what's the sort of commitment? How how can you tell if they want to? Because it's all well and good saying that you know I want to grow, but how how can you really uh, un validate if? If they really mean it, is there, are there any obvious signs or any uh, any things that sort of traits that you think you know? I can see they clearly want to grow. Um, honesty. There you go. That is the thing. Like, I, I work best because I am quite a down to earth, honest person. I work best with that honesty. So it's that com it's that concept that you can come into a session and you just get a feeling that they're not being honest. And yep. so the most important thing is. Like, I don't know about you. I wish I had a pound for every time I've struggled or freaked out or had mm -hmm. those moments of, oh, my goodness, before I've then pushed through it. And I would probably be a millionaire just by that alone because <laughs> – and I think it's that, isn't it? It's about being honest with yourself. It's about saying, today, I really am not feeling it and I'm struggling. I'm struggling with my head. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling. Because growth is not just about – it's a mindset. It's not just about a physical kind of – recipe for success in terms of growing the product or growing the service it's also about the people behind the business the, the people running the business and how they're feeling and sometimes we have to and that's what's so great about kind of what I offer I think sometimes is it's a fusion because I've walked in their shoes like the biggest and, and I know we always go back to Dragon's Den but the biggest thing I suffered with Dragon's Den was imposter syndrome after the event it was, I was crippled with it. I was literally crippled with it. Why are people saying good, such lovely things about me? But I'm, I'm still only Sarah. Why, why are they saying I'm an inspiration? I'm not an inspiration. I've just had a terrible thing happen and I moved through it. And, it, you know, so I kind of feel like I've, I work well with people who can be honest with me in the session. So sometimes we might work on the business, but then sometimes we might work on themselves and help them get over that hurdle of potentially where they're at that day. This goes back to the, the self part. I mean, you know, it just just briefly the what went wrong with dragon's den uh just 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 to remind me what what uh, it, why it went wrong it didn't go wrong per se it was just a catalyst for 
a, a rocky 12 months afterwards, which then ultimately ended with me saying, okay, we're going to have to call it a day because it didn't work out. It wasn't, it wasn't Dragon's Den. It was just, it was just a, a number of things over that year. And it, it's very time. They, they bought, they, they bought in, didn't they? Yeah. 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 yeah, uh, yeah. No, no, uh, no. But this, but, but this went, but this then caused problems for twelve for twelve months afterwards. It's a long story, and it's probably another session. But the reality yeah. is, but, we got on the on the program. We got given the money, but yeah. actually, reality is, after the due diligence, we didn't get it. Yeah, yeah, that's what, and that's what I thought. And yeah. but the reason that I bring it up though was because what you what you're not recognizing is to get to that point yeah. is huge. Oh yeah, it's, I know. It's, I know. It, you know the fact that you've. I mean, I, I can't imagine the number of applications they get. The the uh, uh, you know the the number of uh, it, whatever you might call it interviews or whatever you might have then had to go through the process. Sorry, um, and then to get to the point where you've been blooming given an offer. Whatever happens next, I think you know that is inspirational. And yeah. uh, and 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 so I and so whilst you know, and I know you've always always struggled with this, but <laughs> I, you know, I, I think it is. Okay. Well, that's very kind of you. <laughs> and you're right, it is. And I can see that now. And I think this is, goes back to this conversation that we're having, isn't it? It's all about how we, as we go through, we touch base with people who are more experienced than us, who then say, actually, what that was brilliant. And then you go, oh, okay, I see a different take on it. And it's that experience that I then take through to, to my clients now of, of understanding and, and being able to harness that. I couldn't at the time. You know, I was still in my growth phase myself. I, I couldn't, I couldn't just, you know, like some people. And maybe that was to do with the fact that I was very open about my son dying, and I'd probably been very closed about that up until that point. That had been very private matter, and then I'd suddenly told four million people, who then told eleven million people on Gogglebox, and all of a sudden it was out in the ether and something that was very personal, and so. I think those I probably couldn't just enjoy the process as much as say the next person could because I felt very vulnerable and exposed by declaring that on television. Um, and I've come to terms with it now. And then maybe again, it's another conversation. And I think there's lots of conversations about loss, isn't there? And that's and another I, chat again. And I, and I think, you know, without you realizing, although I think you may have uh, verbalized this with me, I think it's helped you have more of an internal conversation with yourself as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so you know, that's that can only be a good thing as well. Um, I am very aware of the time, and I, and I know that you have to be somewhere. Um, and um, uh, but yes, that we could we could talk a lot uh, in so many different directions. Uh, we could do many podcasts out of this. Um, yeah. But <laughs> but Sarah, what, what's um, where where you're launching in a couple of weeks? That's the website as well, isn't it? Yeah. For, for yeah. now, where do you hang out? Where, if people wanted to speak to you about whether it be turning a product uh, into, you know, trading in within three months? I mean, you, you you impressively say that potentially you could turn an idea into trading in three months. I love yeah, that. Just by knowing the roots, isn't it? That's the I thing. Putting down on those 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 moments of should I do this or should I do that? It's like actually you need to do this. Yeah. And it's about all that ambiguity. Yeah. And um, LinkedIn probably the best that, place to find me. That um, where you hang out the most. Yeah. Hang out. <laughs> hang out anywhere, really. I don't think I'm young enough to hang out anymore. But I do frequent LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, you'll see me active on those two channels for my business. 
Um, and I'm, you just follow my name, Sarah Agar Brennan. There's not many of us, so you'll find me. And yeah, and and, I, and I'm happy to jump on a call, you know, a half an hour free call just to say, look, let's talk about it. I do a lot of like work around like I, there's businesses I do help um, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm a trustee in a charity. And so there's lots of other things I do other than this. But I am super passionate about inspiring the next generation of entrepreneurs. I just am. There's nothing better than that feeling of bringing something to market, whether it's your service or product. Um, well, putting yourself out there. Well, I for sure get motivated every time I speak to you, uh, and and I'm always inspired. So, uh, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you've been listening and thanks for watching, uh, please do feel free to share this or subscribe. But for now, that's all. So it's bye from me and it's bye from Sarah. See you all soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Johnny Ross Audio Experience. Thanks so much for joining me. If you want to continue the conversation, head over to my website, fleek.marketing, or find me on LinkedIn. That's all for today. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, tag me in your social media posts, and please leave me a review on iTunes. It will make a huge difference for me. I will see you soon.